This is Tweet and Geek, episode number 42, coming to you live from the Upside Down. This is your host, Pat. And this is your other host, Craig. Hey, let's get right into this. Uh, let, should we talk about it being a year since we podcast, or should we just kind of skate past it and assume no one will notice? Uh, I think you just talked about it, so I think the skating part will be pretty pretty impossible. My plan sucks. Okay, so today I, I want to talk about uh, blockchain. That sound fun? Is, is that exciting? I like blocks and I like chains, so I can't see how this won't be awesome. <laughs> so uh, what do you know about blockchain? All right, so what do I know about blockchain? It has something to do with cryptography okay, and computers Yep, and bitcoins. Okay, that's a great starting spot. Uh, I think it's like <laughs> what go. most people Discuss. know if they've even heard the word blockchain. Everyone's heard of bitcoin, I think, by now. Anyone who is listening to Tweet and Geek has heard of bitcoins. Okay. okay. Uh, so I'm going to start out. Let's let's talk about what blockchain is. It's actually pretty simple. So blockchain is um, any technology, right? And there's there's a couple different implementations and approaches. But the the core idea of blockchains is you have a ledger, right? So just literally think of this as a financial transaction, but it could be any kind of series of transactions. Uh, you have a ledger. And what you do with that ledger is you use cryptography to sign every new entry against the old entries. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So what that means is you you have the genesis of a of a new say say Bitcoin, and you say I have a new Bitcoin, and it was created at this date and time or whatever information a Bitcoin stores as, as metadata. And you you use cryptography to generate a signature, right? So the, the signature can be validated. I can I can undo or, or I can I can cross check the cryptography. I can say if I sign this, do I get the same answer? And then let's say I give that that Bitcoin to you. Now there's a new ledger entry that says the second thing that happened is Pat gave Craig the Bitcoin, and you sign it with that and the signature from the first one. And then let's say you give it back to me. So then there's a third entry, and you say Craig gives the coin back to Pat, and you sign it with that and then the signature from the second entry. Does that make sense? Sure. So what it's saying is that every time you get a coin or any time you get a transaction, you can actually prove that the transaction... Uh, followed from the previous one. And if they all follow from the previous one, then at the beginning of the whole thing, uh, it was created, and now you have uh, a ledger that goes all the way through that's verifiable. So let me ask you this. So let's say we're, so let's say we're doing Bitcoins, right? And I'm mining my Bitcoins, and I've found something, and, and I'm assuming that because of all this... Uh, cryptographic signing and it's verifiable so i know like you if you give me a bitcoin nobody else can take it from me because only i because only the person with the private key can sign it so it's like provable so it's impossible to steal right so where does the ledger live like so there's bitcoins and there's x number of bitcoins and you could probably trace its entire history but where is that is it like on a hard drive somewhere so or that's is it what like- makes blockchain interesting to people uh the answer is 
everyone who's participating who gets selected to be involved in a particular um, ledger uh, gets a distributed copy of the entire ledger. And, so they have a and copy and of every Bitcoin transaction for all time? Uh, you don't get all of them, uh, and I'm I'm not a hundred percent on the the exact specifics of how Bitcoin implemented this. Um, but you're getting to the next part of what I wanted to talk about, which is the the distributed component. So, in a very simple way of thinking about this, now I've got all these ledgers with all these steps, and um, what each client can do. And a lot of times when you're mining, uh, you're not actually discovering or generating new ones. You're actually confirming existing transactions and uh, what that consists of is you start walking uh, that ledger backwards and saying do all these signatures to some point you know all line up like do I when I run the same transaction do I get the same result and you distribute that among many people participating in the network and they essentially vote and the winner uh, is the one that the network gets as the official copy of the transaction so does the winner get to keep the Bitcoin? Because then the winner gets to keep the Bitcoin in this case. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, um, that's yeah. – which is – right, so that's that's the interesting um, – like the real revolution of it. Because up, up until now, the, the cryptography uh, – one point I left out, um, you usually do something to make the cryptography harder than it should be. Uh, right, cryptography is, you know, I won't say it's a solved problem. There's always new developments, but we know how to run a crypto algorithm and generate a signature. What what you do with um, with something like Bitcoin or another blockchain, you usually introduce a complicating factor just to make it really hard, right? So you might say there could be, you know, easy, you know, easily millions of potential keys. But one thing I'm going to do is say only one in 10,000 of them will actually work on my algorithm. How do you say that? Um, there's, a, there's a great example I saw that um, just ran a, mo- a modulo on it. So basically you had to be – it had to have a remainder of some random number. They picked like you know 400 uh, when, you, when you divided it by 10,000. Hmm. That just means only one in 10,000 numbers, if you divide it by 10,000, has a remainder of 400, right? So, same idea. Uh, And something that simple totally works, right? That's a great complicating factor. So, that's basically you'd have to do 400 times as much work. You have to do 10,000 times as much work. 10,000 times as much work. And that's that's to make it harder to to spoof or to, to lie to the network. Okay. But I thought the whole thing with this is it's – I guess maybe I don't understand this at all. So I thought it was that so, – so all right, let's talk about we've, – we've talked about Bitcoin, but uh, blockchain – like I, from what I can tell is that uh, really businesses want to use blockchain because of the fact that it makes uh, more – I'm not sure if it's reliable, but I guess uh, – uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, non spoofable, I guess. Uh, like oh. honest transactions. Sure. Uh, you know, like let's let's, there's a... let's hold on to that thought because that's a good okay. thought, uh, and that's actually where I want to go after we've talked about a couple more topics. Okay, talk about the other other topics. Okay, so we've been we've been using this. You know, we've been saying Bitcoin, but let's say cryptocurrency. Right? We have we have a currency here. 
Um, and that's that's the case everyone thinks of right now, right? Because we've all seen headlines about Bitcoin and people making tons of money on speculating on it. Um, Bitcoin in particular launched and said, we are going to use this blockchain to make a cryptocurrency. And so it's a currency because we agree that we will exchange Bitcoins for things of value. And that's really all you need to be a currency. Yeah. Um, so they tried that. And you're right, we've seen wild volatility in the Bitcoin market. We've seen a whole lot of speculation that um, maybe a lot of the transactions that go on in cryptocurrencies are fraudulent or are giant botnets manipulating currency prices and things like that. Kind of anything that you would imagine could happen to a completely unregulated currency that's processed automatically by computers. <laughs> um, but that you know that is a valid application of, of technology like a blockchain. There is a ledger. Uh, I can validate that whoever says they own a certain amount of currency actually owns that amount of currency. So the ledger is sort of a proxy for like a bank. So that's exactly it. I think the the key value proposition that that blockchain brings to the table is they say, hey, now I can have a a a transaction that's validated as being a legitimate transaction but there didn't have to be any single central authority telling me so because I can check it myself and that's I think that's where you get all the promise of oh we'll democratize everything we'll we'll you know we'll we'll have currencies for anything you want we'll use it to exchange goods and services um, but so this is where I want to move come back to your question now so, uh, you know, you were saying businesses being interested in using blockchain. So I am going to flip that around to have a different challenge. Can you think of a single significant business that's actually used blockchain for anything yet? Um, I've heard of businesses using them. Uh, because they use them for, like, uh, I think, contracts. Or it's something where you can like so here's an application. Can I tell you an application that I heard of or thought of or heard something about where it's sort of like a uh, like an escrow thing where you know like so here's a problem that you think of. All right, I'm going to give you fifty dollars, and you're going to you know say give me a like a World of Warcraft character or something like that, right? And that's how we're going to do it. But it's like but we have to have like an escrow type of thing because you know, you're going to give me $50 and I'm going to be like, screw you, get out of here, you know, and cause you can't sell those anyway. So, but so something like blockchain is that you can use, is it Ethereum where you can basically have these contracts where it's where like you have to like verify, you know, you have to fulfill the contract and then it like releases something else. And it's like, you can do these secure transactions without having someone like in between, you know, some third party moderating it. That am I even close? That is exactly the promise. So does it work? I, I don't think so. So I, I'm okay. actually going to, uh, I'm, I'm riffing on an idea here from a podcast. I really like this is a podcast called all turtles. And okay. uh, it's by a company called All Turtles, and they're kind of an... Do All Turtles Go to Heaven? Is that what it's about? Uh, no, they actually very recently an- answered a, a listener question about where their name comes from. Uh, but the... So I don't want to ruin that. That's that's their moment. Um, okay. It's, it's a podcast about entrepreneurship, uh, tech entrepreneurship, and uh, they have a strong machine learning and AI focus. Hmm. 
Um, so it, it aligns Similar with what podcast. things I'm interested in. Um, but they had a one, one episode where they were talking about like the types of ideas they get and how they might classify them. And particularly, they were talking about ideas they, they might or might not want. And they actually um, have a, a category label, blockchain. Uh, and the way they describe blockchain is, and they don't mean blockchain the tech, they just use that as kind of the, the poster child for the label, is, yeah. hey, blockchain is whenever someone brings us an idea that we're like, that's really cool. I have no idea how to make that into a product I care about. Um, and so, so I kind of postulate that that's where blockchain is right now. So uh, I want to talk about a couple of the simple problems. So okay. one of the really one of the problems that kind of you'll think of pretty quickly when you start looking at an implementation is um, before I talked about how kind of your your network of users votes on uh, which transactions are correct. So your network is susceptible to poisoning if you can gain control of fifty one percent of the network. You you now control the entire blockchain. I see. Well, so but th- that's like a public blockchain, though. So you you control it. But so for something like imagine this here, what what do you think about this for an application? Medical records. So um, because they're you can't. So in a blockchain, you can't delete transactions, right? Because if you did. I mean, I guess you can't do it. That's the thing. It's an additive only. And so you can't delete transactions. So medical records, you can have a, for instance, like a physician at your practice could have a, you know, they could have their certificate that they sign their transactions with, whatever. So it's it's cryptographically signed and in the ledger. So you can have these like non fraudulent transactions you know what i mean something like that how would something like that be a type of you know like a private blockchain with uh something like that or maybe like financial something along those lines these are the kinds of arguments i hear and just in every single case uh i come back to is that really any better like did that solve a problem that makes it worth the pain of implementing a blockchain because uh, there are definitely downsides to a blockchain, right? They're complicated. It's new software. Um, you're going to have to understand how that fails. Um, and just as a rule of thumb, blockchains are fairly slow, right? That by its, its nature being a calculationally intense. It's it's a distributed calculation, and it's designed to be a difficult calculation. So um, it's it's it takes a long time because it's supposed to take a long time because that's how you keep it secure. Uh, so I think in all these cases you're talking about, every single time, uh, I don't know that distributing it solves any problems that aren't worse problems than having a central authority. Right? That's that's really the only problem you solve with blockchain. The only new capability you get is is not needing a central authority to tell you whether a transaction is legitimate. So I, I guess I would think that for... Um... So if you're going to use a, so a private blockchain, if someone was going to use a private blockchain, I could see him using it for something uh, maybe to fulfill some sort of regulations. But other than that, it seems like if you're a public blockchain is good because for something like Bitcoin because of it kind of democratizes it. But a private blockchain seems to be, be you could 
have other controls in place and other technologies that would allow you to accomplish sort of the same thing without uh, you know without actually having the complexity of a blockchain is that kind of what you're saying theoretically possible I just don't I can't I mean I could abstractly come up with an example but I can't come up with a real example where I say that's great and that's so much better than just having a central service that told me whether the transaction was okay Right. In each case, I've I've introduced a more complicated technology that I that is di- more cumbersome to run, uh, and I haven't I haven't solved a problem that didn't already have a solution. Uh, right. So I mean, even though, just looking at the financial example, uh, so I have to trust a bank to tell me whether I have any money in my checking account, um, and that sucks a little because I have to trust the bank. Uh, but another great, great uh, example that was brought up was, okay, so I'll put it in a in a blockchain, and now I have, you know, I'm not trusting a bank, I'm I'm trusting the blockchain, but uh, I probably didn't write the blockchain. So if I didn't write the blockchain, I'm using someone else's software. So I've just moved the central authority I'm trusting. Uh, and now it's actually something a lot more nebulous than a bank, right? Banks can be audited and have to produce have to produce the trails, but it's gonna, it could potentially be very hard to know uh, whether the software I use for blockchain, you know, whether it works correctly, uh, and even if it does work correctly, is there some nefarious code in there designed to steal my information? It will, and also. Um... So I heard a, a story a while back. I don't remember the guy's name, but it was some guy who uh, was like the CEO of some company, and he had the password to like the Bitcoin wallet, and he died, and so the company had like hundreds of millions of dollars tied up in Bitcoins or some other cryptocurrency that they no longer had access to because they didn't have the key for it to you know to to claim it or whatever so uh they lost it so in a so if that was all in a bank even though you're placing your trust in a bank you have recourse to secure your money it's not like the password to the wallet is in this guy's head and now the guy's dead right that was kind of a with with great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility right uh, if you if you and that that wasn't you know so much inherent to the concept of blockchain as a specific of the implementation of Bitcoin where you do have that that encrypted wallet that that controls all your current bitcoins. Um, there's also been speculation on that story that 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 CEO may not actually have died. He may have faked his own death and run off with the Bitcoin. So that's exciting <laughs> too. Um, Did they find a body? <laughs> uh, I haven't followed enough to know how that resolved. Uh, which brings me to another one of the the interesting things, uh, and this is more of a misconception, I think. A lot of people talk about Bitcoin as though it's this completely anonymous, untraceable currency. All uh, right, there's a lot of people talk about how Bitcoin is used on the dark web for all kinds of evil transactions. Uh, that's that's like literally not true. That's that's the exact opposite of how it works. It's it is very not anonymous. It is completely known what entity was involved in any given transaction. And that's kind of the point of it. Yeah, it's, it's by design. Uh, I think because it's more obscure, there aren't the same kinds of tools and systems for tracking uh, where the money goes and when. 
Uh, but that's that's solvable. Uh, so I always I always found that funny when people are like, oh, people can go on the dark web and order a murder with Bitcoin. Like that's a terrible idea. I mean, might you just pay with your credit card. <laughs> you won't have to pay as as steep of an exchange uh, hit. Yeah, that's um, that's great. So now I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think the way I think of Bitcoin or any of these other things with mining is that, you know, it's sort of like instead of the gold standards, like the electricity standard. So it, it, Bitcoin is basically the value, like the only link it has to the real world is the electricity used to create it, right? Yeah. And actually, find they, it. There, are, there have been speculation that a significant percentage of the world's electricity is used to mine cryptocurrencies. See, so I guess to try to start closing this up, uh, I I want to like blockchain. I want to be really excited about it. I love the idea of hey, a super democratized economy. Um, but we've watched almost every uh, blockchain-based currency um, either. Uh, the ones that have survived, like uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin, are uh, incredibly unstable, which is which is something you kind of expect with an unregulated commodity, right? Um, yeah, and they you, they use Ethereum for things other than just money, though. I think they use it. That's the con- the smart contract one. Yeah, and I think um, contracts are actually where I. That's the only place where I'm holding out hope, and I still haven't come up with a great use case. Um, but I have this notion in my head of what if um, thinking of you know the the real internet that a lot of people don't don't ever interact with. Um, the vast majority of internet traffic is business to business, right? It's all automated transactions happening in porn. business systems. No, no, well, that, it's it, that it's is actually business. mostly. <laughs> uh, no, it's mostly like straight up business transactions between system A and system B. Oh, fun and. That's a place where I, I, I haven't put it together, but I have an idea we could use a blockchain uh, in order to let computers contract with each other autonomously, right? It would make sense if there's a big distributed validatable ledger and you can see who was using resources from whose system and when. But it's it's kind of squishy, right? Because I'm like, okay, I was going to say that, that's that's kind of open. That's just like saying, yeah, computers can communicate with each other and keep a record of it. Yeah. So so I still can't come up with uh, a genuine, tangible use case where I say, yes, blockchain is the solution to this problem. Um, I'll give a, another example. A friend of mine is is working on games that run on blockchain. And the answer I always get when I ask him what's cool about that is like, well, the blockchain lets us democratize everything so you can bring your content from game A to game B to game C. Like, that's cool. But then all three games have to agree to let the content run across each other. And I don't see how making the transactions weirder to track helped. Right. You you still have the core problem of all the games have to respect each other's content. I think this maybe it's one of those things where. All right, so let's agree that for blockchain, there's probably there's probably a uh, you know there's probably a use case for it. So like right now, uh, while you were talking this, I pulled up. Uh, so I know AWS has a uh, they have like a hosted blockchain. I'm sure Microsoft Azure does. Probably the other clouds do, so that they have a blockchain that you can use in your business. And you know 
all the companies have some sort of, you know, here's the use cases, here's the case studies or whatever. So, like, if if people weren't going to use it for something, it wouldn't exist. So let's just agree that there's some sort of practical application well, I, for it. I'm not ready to agree to that. Uh, I think wh- where you are with it is there are a lot of people who would like to use it. Um, and there's a lot of interest in it. So as a business, it makes a lot of sense to offer it. Um, I'm just not convinced that, right, going back to those core problems, it's slow. Um, we don't totally understand, right, because it's new tech, how it's going to fail so that we can diagnose problems. And one of the big problems we know it's susceptible to is a poisoning attack on the network. And if you can get control of a majority of a network, you know, game over, that that entire blockchain can be hijacked permanently yeah well i think yeah so just looking at the test or the case studies here it looks like it's regulatory compliance uh and you know that and auditing that sort of thing and it's all private blockchain it's it's, so i think companies probably it's a maybe it's not the i think we have to agree that it's not the it can solve problems Sometimes there are other solu- or there are often other solutions that probably are easier to implement, but it, these this can solve a problem, and you know, and it's cool. I mean, and if there wasn't money in it, nobody would offer it. So, I mean, it, it's offered by these things, and people are using it. So, it is what it is. Because, uh, so, but I guess what we can say is that it's not something that we like the world. We can't live without it. Yeah, I mean, I. I guess I I think we're going to have to have to leave this at a disagreement. Uh, I I have yet to see a case where I think blockchain is the technology that solves a problem uh, in the correct way. Oh no, I, I know what you mean. It's like a it, yeah. I mean, I, like I don't really know enough about it to say it does. I mean, it it, it can solve problems and it's kind of cool. And you probably get people who are interested in blockchain in at companies saying. I'm going to use blockchain because, you know, I noticed that happens a lot in just in technology where people let the technology drive the solution rather than the solution drive the technology. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's, so, a, there's a lot of that going on right now. So I think that's a, that's a great observation. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably it. it's people. It's well, let's use blockchain. Why do you want to use blockchain? Because it's cool. OK, right. I'm going to throw out my other idea. And All right. I don't know that this works either. But um, have you heard of deep fakes? Yes. So uh, for anyone who hasn't, deep fakes are uh, with with a lot of the rapid developments in machine learning. Uh, it's it's getting scarily possible with a desktop computer to to uh, to generate fake video. Right? Take take a video of a person talking, and uh, it is. I wouldn't say it's trivial, but it's not very hard to make them say something completely different. And it's gotten to the point where it can be hard to figure out when they're are, when they're fake. Uh, someone did a great deep fake uh, just this week that was going viral, where they took a bunch of scenes from The Shining, and huh. they, they managed to stitch in Jim Carrey's face, so it it looks like Jim Carrey uh, delivering Jack Nicholson's lines. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So another one I was thinking of is imagine a video um, as a ledger, right, frame by frame, uh, and distributing videos and signing them, saying, hey, this is the original unedited video. Okay. But I don't know that there's a business in that, right, which means there may not be a product in it. 
Well, and probably the slow factor would be a uh, something there because verify. I guess you could verify it, but yeah, it'd uh, be extremely expensive. So maybe but, for um, maybe for super secure videos that you know, you know, high our, our highest political leaders talking, right? And you could archive that off, so it couldn't be. Um, but but the but the videos, that, yeah, I see what you're saying. But the videos that would matter, you would need to have like glasses that you watch videos with that would that would in real time right uh, detect that, <laughs> yeah. validate so, the blockchain. So I I mean it's cool. Uh, and I like talking about it, and I like you know it, it was interesting to see how it worked. Um, it has a lot of the hallmarks of uh, breakthrough technology. Um, it has kind of my favorite, which is there's no single part of blockchain that was actually crazy and revolutionary, and no one had ever figured out how to do. It's the unique way it was put together. But I, I, I don't see what's going to make it uh, be be a thing right what is the killer app for blockchain and i, I just haven't found no one's convinced me with an at this point it's cryptocurrency yeah and i uh, so my my final dig is i i hate the name cryptocurrency because it's not right we we it's talk not about it like it's, it's a currency, currency but it's it's really not quite it's not quite spendable as a currency right it's not not liquid enough so you always end up kind of stuck, uh, for most purposes, at a at a point where you have to exchange it into a into a you know U.S. dollars or another traditional currency. Well, you can buy some stuff with Bitcoin. When I was in San Francisco, there was some well, I don't remember where we were. We were at some store or something, and they had a Bitcoin machine. I don't know if it's to spend or get Bitcoins, but you could do something with bitcoins at a machine that was like the atm yeah i so think I, that that was another one of these examples of just riding the consumer sentiment wave more than providing a, a great service um if if more <laughs> services supported that it would be more of a currency but right now it's more of a commodity right it's more like buying gold bars because i can't walk into a car dealership and give them two gold bars and go home with a car for one thing i think that's literally illegal but even if it weren't Right. I well, even though the gold bars have value, I can't just barter them away like that. And I feel like um, cryptocurrencies are largely in that state right now. Right? They're they're more of a commodity um, that you can exchange for cash. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I, I can go with that. <laughs> you know. So a funny Bitcoin thing. Uh, I I my. Uh, cousin was here visiting this weekend and we were talking about uh magic the gathering i don't play magic the gathering but he did and uh and the reason i bring that up is uh do you remember mount gox the the ancient bitcoin exchange um that's is that one of the ones that got compromised in a horrible way eventually yeah it was the one where so it was it was actually originally i guess one of the first places to I don't know if they accepted Bitcoins or what, but Mt. Gox was Magic the Gathering online exchange, and it was a place where people were like trading cards for Magic the Gathering. But it, it but because people were using Bitcoin, and it, it became like this big Bitcoin exchange. But the uh, the code underneath of it was so terrible that like everybody lost everything because it just basically couldn't function. It, but it was a Bitcoin exchange that they they did. But it was I just thought that was something i knew about bitcoin well that's cool that was remember a good story. 
Why'd you hold yeah. that one till the end? You should have told that one first. Mount, Mount Gox. <laughs> Magic the Gathering online exchange. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Alright, that's that's really all I had to say about about blockchain. That's that's uh I have to say I I know at least as much about blockchain now as I did when we started. So thank you. You probably don't know less. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much. That was very helpful. And uh, I'll send you a bill. Fantastic. Uh, so are we bringing the podcast back? Should we, should we remind people, listen, subscribe, upvote us, write reviews, all that stuff? Listen to our podcast, upvote us. And we come to you every Wednesday and, thir- or every Wednesday and Friday, except for <laughs> on the fourth week of the month. And uh, if you sponsor us on Patreon, every month you get an extra 30 minutes extra 30 minutes of content i like that I, that sounds good uh in practice i don't know are we i think we're gonna get this going again we're gonna get this going again it all won't right. be a year all right and so we're gonna so our vision for the future if you look off into the distance it's we're going to enlighten people on awesome technology both new and old and we're going to make sure that that our opinions are the loudest ones in the room. I think that's where we and should leave this. And it's not only technology. We also will talk about different types of cheese. And orphans. And orphans. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Good night. <laughs>